Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. This week we count down to the Oscars from big hits like Black Panther. The Black Panther lives. A war is coming. That's damn calm. And critics' darlings like The Favourite, starring Olivia Coleman. If I were a man, I would ravish you. <laughs> you have become close to Abigail. She is a viper. You're jealous. You must send Abigail away. I do not want to. To films that nobody much seemed to like, apart from the public. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. And so the summer holidays start dragging to a close at the cinemas with their unlikely combination of big, dumb, popular fare and earnest would-be award winners. Tucked among them, of course, are just plain movies, which, lest we forget, are still the meat and potatoes of the business, without which neither the blockbuster nor the self-important classic would get funding. Don't do what I did. I put work in front of family. I thought it was more important to be somebody out there than the damn failure I was in my own home. And I'd like to thank my colleague Dan Slevin for admirably separating the wheat from the chaff over the past few weeks, reminding us that often the best films aren't the biggest. Meanwhile, out in multiplex land, the blockbusters lumbered out with mixed success, including DC Comics' latest hero, Aquaman. In this trident resides the power of Atlantis. You seek my power. Journey beyond the edge of the world to the hidden sea. Even Aquaman's best friends would admit it was kind of big and dumb, but unaccountably extremely popular. After years of rival Marvel Comics smart and well-crafted entertainments, Aquaman has proudly succeeded in making comic book movies kid stuff again. Shouldn't we have written it down first? I memorized it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, totally. What did you just say? Something, something, trident. Significantly, like Wonder Woman and Black Panther before it, Aquaman also made diversity its selling point, starring Hawaiian Jason Momoa, another likeable lunk in the Dwayne Johnson mould. A more challenging take on comic book heroes was the bizarre animated Spider-Man movie, Into the Spider-Verse. Hey guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more Spider-People are there? Hey fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. 
Into the Spider-Verse is both a welcome breath of fresh air into the genre and, frankly, nuts. Created by Marvel Comics, presumably over a long liquid lunch, it features several Spider-Men and women from different dimensions. One's a robot, one's a pig, one's Nicolas Cage. My name is Peter Parker. In my universe, it's 1933, and I'm a private eye. I like to drink egg creams, and I like to fight Nazis. A lot. Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, anything. Oh. But it's as unexpectedly funny and clever as the first Lego movie, which was also written by Phil Lord. He seems to specialise in making films that are smarter than they needed to be. No wonder Into the Spider-Verse barged its way into contention for an animated film Oscar, dislodging regular favourites Pixar, whose Incredibles 2 looked a little flat-footed by comparison. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> the other hits of the summer were mostly musical. The extraordinary run of the Freddie Mercury biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star is Born starring Lady Gaga, and the sequel 50 Years On of Disney favourite Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins? Who came back? You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. And with the dismal ratings of the last few Academy Awards shows on TV, this year the organisers have made sure that there are plenty of hits among the nominees, including most of the above. But this year there's a lot more pressure on these Oscars than simply to provide movies people have heard of. Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Now all eyes are on other things, the subject matter of the film, say, or the character of the people making them. Oscars so male, Oscars so white, Oscars so old-fashioned, Oscars so liberal, Oscars so intimidated by the current government. When it proved too hard to pick a comedian to host the show, it was clear no one was going to get an easy ride this year. Just these. I don't want the others. Come on, man. I slept these all the way here. There's people waiting. You know, you don't have to be so disrespectful. You've actually carried my books here. And you are? Once again, no women qualified for Best Director. And once again, the majority of the films in contention were based on real-life stories. This meant inevitably that questions about accuracy cropped up more than once, with one film's dramatic license being another's fake history. You're telling me that the king of a third world country runs around in a bulletproof cat suit? Why don't you ask him yourself? Because he's right outside. <laughs> Bingo. The major award shows, the BAFTAs, the Golden Globes, as well as the Oscars, have tended to be in agreement over the finalists, but I have to confess I wasn't particularly overwhelmed this year. Many of my favourites failed to make the cut, though I was pleased that Black Panther earned a number of nominations, including Best Film. The Black Panther lives. A war is coming. That's damn calm. I certainly think Marvel Comics supremo Kevin Feige is overdue an Oscar for lifting the game of the humble comic book movie over the years. 
Two rather more realistic films about the black experience in America have been greeted with mixed responses. Who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans and Irish, Italians and Chinese. Black Klansman had one major advantage, apart from being thoroughly entertaining, with a dynamite punch at the end. It marked the triumphant comeback of favourite director Spike Lee after years in the commercial wilderness. You're Jewish. That hatred, doesn't that piss you off? You're taking this Jew lie detector test. Why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game? I'm telling you, the wars are coming. Black power! And if the story of the black cop who joined the ultra-racist Ku Klux Klan cut a few factual corners to make its point, well, what of it? It's a story that needed to be told, and Spike told it well. Maybe best script, particularly after Lee's success at the BAFTAs this week. Less leeway was given to another popular film ploughing similar ground, The Green Book. I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's going to be problems. Okay, it is a bit dumb. It's co-written and directed by Dumb and Dumber's Peter Farrelly, after all. And frankly, the only good things about the Green Book are stars Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. But they're really good things, and their performances make the nitpicking seem a little cheap. An award, surely, for Best Supporting Actor for Ali, who's head and shoulders above the competition this year. Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I have ever done. P.S. Kiss the Kids. That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of Shostakovich's seven. That's good. It's perfect, Tony. If the battle for best feel-good movie about racism safely set 40 or 50 years ago is a two-way split between the Green Book and Black Klansman, the contest for best cheesy old-fashioned musical is another two-horse race this year. It's also the only one where we've got skin in the game. Mark these words. No one will play it clean. Fortune favours the bold. Concerning your private life. What more do you need to know? I make music. Kiwi screenwriter Anthony McCartan spent years unappreciated before crashing into the big time with three biopics. There was the BAFTA-winning Theory of Everything, the Oscar-nominated Darkest Hour, and now the biggest of them all, Bohemian Rhapsody. No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. The critics may have sneered, but the punters and the Academy loved the film. I suspect the appeal was more affection for Freddie Mercury and all those Queen hits than because it broke particularly new ground. Star Rami Malek is certainly a strong contender for Best Actor, despite the unconvincing teeth. Rhapsody's rival is the umpteenth remake of that old warhorse, A Star Is Born. Here's what we're going to do. Come sing that song. What I love. No, I can't do that. Here, come on, here we go. <laughs> Look at me. All you got to do is trust me. That's all you got to do. 
this retelling of the old One Star Rises as Another Falls fable is up for a lot of awards, probably because it's the one taste of old Hollywood this year. The two leads, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, sell it with talent and aplomb. Gaga's talent as an actress is almost as surprising as Cooper's success behind the guitar. But despite the overall professionalism of A Star Is Born, for some reason, this is not its year. Expect only minor awards, including, I imagine, the unavoidable best song. More to many of the critics' tastes, surprisingly, is The Favourite, partly because it's an arty twist on that Oscar staple, the British costume drama, but mostly because of the dynamite cast. You're so beautiful. Stop it, you mock me. If I were a man, I would ravish you. (laughs) You have become close to Abigail. She is a viper. You're jealous. You must send Abigail away. I do not want to. Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone were already well-known to American audiences, but the star of the show, Olivia Colman, as Queen Anne, was not, despite being a fixture in quality British TV drama and comedies for years. Olivia's terrific. In fact, all three are terrific within the limits of a film that thinks of costume dramas as a genre rather than, well... History. Dearest Queen, you are mad. Giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance, Mrs. Molly. We are at war. We won. Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. I appreciate that all historical fiction, by definition, is a bit unreliable, but the favourite seems to have tweaked truth more than most. If you're a fan of director Yorgos Lanthimos of The Lobster fame, you may not mind. If, like me, you prefer your history straighter, you still can't argue with the Oscar nominations for all three stars. Oh, it is fun to be queen sometimes. If you do not go, I will start kicking you. And I will not stop. My dear friend, how good to see you've returned from hell. I'm sure you shall pass through it one day. It's unfortunate that BAFTA winner Olivia Colman finds herself up against history in another way this year. The general feeling in Hollywood that, after many unsuccessful nominations, surely it's time for Glenn Close to win for The Wife. Don't paint me as a victim. I am much more interesting than that Can't do it anymore. I can't take it. I can't take the humiliation. The wife was almost designed as an Oscar delivery mechanism for the talented close, even if, for me, the character of the underappreciated power behind the throne of a prize winning author was a little too good to be true. Will Oscar succumb to sentiment or will they snub Glenn yet again? Well, you could say the same for another unfairly overlooked actor nominated for his fourth Oscar this year, Willem Dafoe. Sometimes I feel so far away from everything. I think I'm losing my mind. Sometimes they say I'm mad, but... a grain of madness is the best of art. 
Defoe plays Vincent van Gogh in At Eternity's Gate. No, I haven't seen it either. In fact, he should have won last year for his stunning turn in the Florida Project. No show this year, I'm afraid, Willem. The competition is just too fierce. Apart from Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, there's also Christian Bale in Vice. The vice presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh-huh. However, if we came to a uh, different understanding. Bale is a past master of the Weight Watchers School of Acting. And this year he packed the pounds on to play George W. Bush's sinister vice president Dick Cheney. Vice does for Cheney what director Adam McKay's previous film, The Big Short, did for the global financial crisis. Turned him into an extended comedy sketch based as closely as legally possible on real life. I can handle the more mundane jobs, overseeing bureaucracy, military, energy, and uh, foreign policy. Yeah, right. I like that. Christian Bale is almost unrecognisable in Vice and his unlikely star turns stresses Cheney's complete lack of charisma and his unrelenting ruthlessness. Amy Adams and Sam Rockwell offer sterling support, but it's a one-man show and Bale should walk away with Best Actor this year. So we're going to do this thing or what? Is this happening? I believe we can make this work. (laughs) Hot damn. If the homegrown contenders are a little predictable and underpowered, the big competition, appropriately this year, comes from invading immigrants. There are two black-and-white semi-autobiographical films, one in Spanish, one in Polish. The sentimental Roma was written and directed by Mexico's Alfonso Cuaron, while the tragic romance Cold War comes from Poland's Paweł Pawlikowski. Cold War, the likely fictionalised story of the director's own parents, hops backwards and forwards over the Iron Curtain during the 60s and 70s. It's powerful, well-made and covers a well-known era from an unexpected angle. Now, it may lack the feel-good factor of Roma, which will hurt it at the Oscars, but it's a terrific film. Roma is a love letter to Quaron's childhood, in particular his relationship with the family's maid, here called Cleo. It's by far the best made film among the finalists, but whether that's enough in this politically sensitive year remains to be seen. Two more wonderful movies are buried in the foreign film category. Coincidentally, both variations of Oliver Twist's exploited child criminals. Capernaum is set in the slums of Beirut, while Shoplifters takes place in their Japanese equivalents. (laughs) 
As far as the American also runs this year, I'd like to put a word in for a film that barely got a release in this country. Can you ever forgive me? Starring Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant, both of whom are nominated for acting awards. Quite by accident, I find myself in a rather criminal position. What criminal activity could possibly involve it, except a crime of fashion, of course? I'm embellishing literary letters by prominent writers. McCarthy is fearless as the hard-drinking literary forger who makes a short-lived killing, faking letters from 20s legends Fanny Bryce, Noel Coward and Dorothy Parker. The script by the great Nicole Holofchainer gives Melissa all the ammunition she needs, though she will be unfairly overlooked this year in favour of Trendy Affair. I love his writing. Particularly clever, don't you think? Caustic wit. <laughs> this is quite something. These are wonderful. I thought so too. Name your price. You were looking at one month's rent. One more film has a strong chance of recognition, even though it's yet to arrive on these shores. If Beale Street Could Talk, based on a book by James Baldwin and adapted by Moonlight director Barry Jenkins, has picked up some rave reviews. We are drinking to new life. Tish gonna have Fanny's baby. <laughs> I hope it's a boy. <laughs> Come on over here, daughter. You're a good girl, and I'm proud of you. The fact that If Beale Street Could Talk is set in an urban black community with a strong female lead certainly won't hurt its chances. At a time when Hollywood is extremely sensitive to accusations, it's treated both groups rather badly. That child was born of sin. That child... It's your grandchild. What difference does it make how it gets here? Unbow your head, sister. And one film that's significant this year for just being there is the Coen Brothers' The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Not because it's a Western, or rather a collection of six Western short stories, but because it never played at a cinema. Buster Scruggs only appeared on the streaming channel Netflix, and this could mark a big change in what films qualify for an Oscar in the future. They connect the stories to themselves, I suppose. And we all love hearing about ourselves. So long as the people in the stories are us, but not us. Also interesting was the relatively low profile of the special effects category. In the past, they've often been the year's leading movies, but this year, films like Christopher Robin, First Man and Ready Player One are already dim memories. Only the Avengers Infinity War lingers in the mind, largely because of last year's cheekiest cliffhanger, ending with the world's highest body count. Thanos did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. History has shown that the Oscars have tended to be conservative with a small C. They generally play it safe, but there are often one or two surprises on the night. The Coen brothers, maybe? Wes Anderson, Anthony McCartan. I never realized there'd be this many. They added 75 new categories. Best actor in the Columbus movie? 
to present the award for Best Director is star of stage and screen, Raquel Welch, and the distinguished host of his own award-winning talk show, Bill Donahue. That might be the envelope for the bomb. It could go any way, but two things are certain. Hollywood will take the opportunity to pat itself on the back for its choices, and the following week everyone will have forgotten who won anything. Well, that said, I'll certainly be watching with interest on February the 24th and getting on with my life on February the 25th, which brings this show to a close. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.